Hello, you're listening to the Equippers International Podcast. This is the short version where we are studying the book of Hebrews together. We're in chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 15 through 22 for today's episode. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never in force while the one who made it lives. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and he sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And in the same way he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with the blood. And according to the law, one may say, almost all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Now remember, the focus of this book is the new covenant. It's first and foremost the covenant that God is making with the children of Israel over and against the old covenant that he had with them. And over and over and over in this book, the writer has been reiterating the nature of the old covenant, the elements of the old covenant, the sacrificial system, the priesthood, the tabernacle, the sacrifices, and all those things that ultimately were insufficient in bringing the worshiper to a place where he or she could enjoy a perfect, restored relationship with God. So the writer has been building and building, and I mentioned in a couple of previous episodes that I feel like this section of the book is really the focal point. This is where he really drives home Jesus as the high priest and offering himself as the most ultimate sacrifice that he could take away sin. You see, under the first covenant, there was the provision that the people could bring sacrifices so that their offense under the law could be covered. And they could be restored, but there was never a provision in the law through the sacrificial system by which their sin itself would be taken away and removed. And this is the foundation. This is exactly what Jesus does as the mediator of a new covenant. Now, in this episode, I want to focus on what I call the mechanics of the new covenant. This is very important for us to understand. Now, we know that in the Old Testament, God made covenants. He made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with Noah. He made a covenant with the children of Israel. So God is a covenant-making God. Now, most of the covenants that God makes are what we call unilateral covenants, meaning that God enters into an agreement with somebody And he enters into that agreement based on his responsibility and what he will do. For example, he told Noah that he would never flood the earth again. And that was a unilateral covenant that he made with Noah. Noah and his subsequent prodigy didn't have to do anything in order to reap the benefit of the fact that the earth will never be flooded again. So that's a unilateral covenant. In other covenants, there is a bilateral agreement. 
The covenant that God made with the children of Israel was a bilateral covenant. God said, I will do this if you will do this. There was this dual participation in those involved in the covenant. But now the writer of Hebrews is going to point out in these verses this very important truth that Jesus, as the mediator of a new covenant, is the one that ratifies the covenant through his death. Now, there is some interpretive issue regarding this word covenant. Some of the background of this word could mean a covenant as we understand a covenant in the Old Testament. It was a Hebrew concept. And in the modern terms, we would understand as a last will and testament. Now, it's not that critical how we understand it. We definitely know that this covenant that God is making is a unilateral covenant. And we also know that it has the elements of a last will and testament, meaning in the natural, when someone has a last will and testament, they specify in that agreement that when they die, the conditions of their will will go into effect. And this is exactly what the writer says. He says that by necessity, there must be a death of the one who makes the agreement for the agreement to be valid. In verse 17, he says, The testament or the covenant is only valid when men are dead, for it's never enforced while the one who made it lives. So he's stressing the fact that Jesus has died so that the agreement can come into effect. Now let's just talk about what the agreement is. First of all, who's in the agreement? God the Father and God the Son are the ones that are making covenant. They are making a covenant together so that sin can be removed. Now, we are the beneficiaries of that agreement. First and foremost, the children of Israel were the beneficiaries. They were the ones with whom God was making the new covenant because under the old covenant, it was impossible for sin to be removed. So God is going to make this new covenant with them. And of course, we know that that covenant extends across all of mankind to the Gentiles as well. So the focus is on the fact that God and Jesus entered into an agreement. And let me spell out in very simple terms what the agreement was. The agreement was if Jesus will fulfill what is necessary for there to be a perfect sacrifice, he will be the perfect lamb. And as the priest, he will offer himself before God and shed his blood. Then God will accept that sacrifice. And when Jesus dies, God will forgive all sin. It is a unilateral agreement that God is going to pardon and remove sin from humanity. This is amazing. Under the new covenant, God has removed sin because there has been a death of the one who has made the covenant with him. It is sealed and it is done and the agreement has gone into effect and sin has been taken away. Now the writer goes into more detail about how the shedding of blood contributed to the cleansing of things under the old covenant, but it could never remove sin. 
Now, tomorrow he's going to go into more detail where he specifically explains how the sacrifice of Jesus actually removes sin. doesn't just cover an offense, but it removes the actual sin. And when God forgives sin, he removes it completely. But in this episode, I just want to draw your attention to this fact that God has made a new covenant. He has made that new covenant based on the obedience and the death and the sacrifice of Jesus. And the agreement that he has made is eternally enforced because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. And so those who are called now may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance, all the benefits of having our sins forgiven, David says, how blessed is the man whose sins have been forgiven and have been removed as far as the east is from the west. And this is a beautiful, beautiful truth to be able to stand in this place with the Lord, knowing that he has no offense toward us any longer in regards to our sin because he has removed it. And this is the beauty of the new covenant. And this is why the writer is telling his Jewish brothers and sisters, don't go back to the old system. You cannot find anything of greater benefit than what Jesus has accomplished by being the mediator of this new covenant, which we enjoy complete and total pardon and removal of our sins before God. This is a place of life and freedom. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.